Welcome back to the Puma Podcast. I'm Tori. Hey, and I'm Puma. And on this podcast, we talk about Jesus, life, and everything in between, which is a lot of things. And uh, yes, and it's a good. It's, I'm glad. I'm glad that we can talk about everything because life is crazy, and there's a lot of questions. And yeah, if you're joining us, guys, um, we are at a part seven of this little mini series: love, dating, and relationships. And we're kind of looking at how Christians in the church how we should view relationships, how we should view God in relationships. And in today's particular episode, we're going to talk about breakups because they happen and they're hurtful and there's baggage and there's fallout. And so the big idea question for us today is how do we as Christians process breakups and heartbreak and how do we process baggage and what does God think and say about them? So let's dive in. So Puma, uh, yeah, I guess you're the well, I don't want to say the expert in <laughs> breakups and, well, if and I am, baggage. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not an expert in pretty much nothing. So <laughs> I am just a fellow sojourner uh, going through life and uh, you know desiring to have relationships myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, I appreciate you joining in this, and this is kind of geared more toward millennials, but just honestly, anybody who's had heartbreaks. I know my recent. A master's survey we did. We had a bunch of Christian millennials or people raised in the church, and there was a lot uh, of just information about the pain and regret and anger regarding church hurt in the form of relationships. Uh, there were three people that have left the faith, and they said it was primarily due to their poor experiences and breakups. And they said, if I ever, they're all women, but they said, if I ever date a Christian guy again, you know, then basically I'm crazy. And I'm not going to do that because I, I left church because if this is what Christian guys are like, then that's what God is like, which is so sad. Hmm. Yeah. I just, it breaks my heart that, you know, we put so much stock in Christians that we just view God because of someone claiming to be a Christian. But all that to say, yeah. How should a Christian view a breakup? You know, overall, I know purity culture has really kind of, I don't want to say corrupted, but has kind of influenced, you know, ideas, sure. yeah. you know, perspectives. And uh, it's shaped the, the ideology of young people. You know, one of the things that comes to mind is uh, just assumptions and expectations. Everybody has them. I mean, we all assume certain things. In fact, we live out of our assumptions, really. You know, we who we think we are, what we think we deserve, um, you know, what rights I should, I should expect. You know, we, we assume, you know, these things. Well, we assume uh, values, priorities, what's important. And we bring those assumptions into every, every relationship, every friendship. You know, we, we, we have assumptions on, you know, what a friend is supposed to be, how a friend is supposed to act. And so then when I meet somebody, I have these expectations that get built. Mm-hmm. based on what I what I assume to be true. And mm-hmm. so this is, you know, one of the things that influences, you know, how we relate to each other and often, you know, with breakups. A lot of times the breakups stem from uh, expectations that aren't met. Um, mm-hmm. And if I could even just say, too, I think I probably should define, you know, purity culture <laughs> because even that term it means so many things to different people. Yeah, well, it was new to me. So, yeah, I mean, I know what purity means. I know what culture means, at least, you know, <laughs> putting those together, though. I'm not sure yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, it, well, it's interesting because if you like if you Google it, I guess that's a yeah a verb now. If you Google adjective, if you search what it means, purity culture, you get all kinds of different answers. 
And a little brief history that I've seen, a little bit of research I've done, is that uh, Elizabeth Elliot, I guess, phrased it. Joshua Harris made it really popular with some of his books. And the, the big idea in the Christian world of purity culture is that you save yourself um, from having sex until marriage, and that if you do, in fact, end up dating someone, you should date with the intent to marry. Because dating around, you know, his book, I Kiss Dating Goodbye, was the big idea that I'm not going to date. I'm going to court. I'm going to court someone for marriage, not for experience because of, you know, the baggage, the hard attachments, the temptations. And uh, and that's all fine and dandy, I suppose. But the, the world has kind of made it a little bit more um, gender specific. So the world would kind of identify purity culture as uh, they would might still say, you know, don't have sex before marriage, but it's more go- geared toward the women to be submissive to the man and that the man mm-hmm. kind of takes the lead and kind of pinpoints, you know, the woman has to be modest. The woman ha- can't, you know, flirt with a guy and the guy takes the lead and then pursues marriage. But ultimately, if you date someone, don't marry them. In the eyes of the general purity culture, you've failed God, you've failed yourself and your relationship, and that's a very big, like, no-no in the church. Mm-hmm. And so that's the big idea, and there are different definitions, but that was the most popular one that I saw, the most consistent. Um, so that's what we mean. So yeah, purity, purity culture, when we date as Christians, when we date each other and we fail, or, well, in the eyes of purity culture, do we fail God? I mean, spiritually, theologically? Mm-hmm. Is that what God thinks? Does or God or do we feel like a failure because the expectation was if, I, if I'm if i a good Christian guy and I find a good Christian gal, then obviously we should make this work, right? Mm, right. And so if it doesn't work out, then obviously I failed or I failed God or I'm a you know Christian loser or I didn't <laughs> right. you know, hit yeah. things, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, which gets into then now I got this guilt baggage, which yeah. I think we'll talk about in the next podcast mm-hmm. about baggage. Yeah, baggage regret. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, again, you know, this is a, things that we assume to be true, you know, certain mm-hmm. ideas, and then we live these ideas out, and we have expectations about how the other person is supposed to respond, whether a guy or girl or whatever, and when they don't respond that way, you know, we get angry, we get frustrated, we say things, we do things, and usually it's out of, you know, anger or a sin response, not a grace mercy response, but out of a, you know, a my need, me orientation. Mm-hmm. When And that doesn't actually help relationships. That actually spirals them even further down. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. you get these big fights, blah, 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 blah. And eventually you have a breakup. A breakup. Yeah. yeah. And I think messy breakup is probably a key word here too, because some breakups are mutual. The hurt and the I know, serious baggage is with like the messy breakups. Yeah. Cause you can have like irreconcilable differences. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> I mean, right. You know, I am, you know, I'm a Republican. You're a, a Democrat or, right. you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I like the Cubs. You like St. Louis Cardinals or whatever, you know, these, you know, but you have whatever, you know, some of these values are important to you. And you realize that you really just don't share these certain values and, you know, mutually you think, yeah, you know, this isn't going to work out. I mean, I like you as a person. I like you as a friend. I don't know that we can actually do life and mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. decisions together. And, and that happens sometimes as you get to know somebody, you know, so there's nothing wrong with, with that. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, the point of getting to know someone is getting to know someone. Um, but sometimes when you get to know someone, they're different than what you thought at the beginning, which mm-hmm. is, which is fine too. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so when you say messy relationship, like what exactly are you talking about? Yeah, so I I think when I talk about messy, I think of good Christian guy, good Christian girl. Let's just say it's the first relationship. They're the very first boyfriend, very first girlfriend. And they start dating and they have a conflict of interest, not so much values, but maybe personalities, maybe values. But in their dating experience, both parties feel hurt and attacked and both parties feel like the other doesn't respect them, uh, doesn't care about them. And so they have a falling out, not just in status, but in friendship. So, you know, she and he break it off. She goes to her girlfriends, he goes to guy friends, and there is bitterness. There is um, even emotional uh, pain in kind of like being the victim. Will they use me? You know, he might say she just wanted me to pay for her dinners or wanted to feel special. And she's like, well, he just wanted to hold my hand and be the guy who had got the cute girl, whatever, right? They play stories mm-hmm. in their mind. But ultimately, it's messy because it, it hurts them. It hurts their friend groups. And all of a sudden, there's relational tears in their entire community and circle. And yet they both love Jesus, right? They both claim to to love God and his church. But it's messy because now there's hurt. And now they don't trust maybe Christian guys or Christian girls. Now there's insecurities, um, possibly bitterness that broods. And if unchecked, even in the survey, I've seen some of those situations turn into okay, I'm done with the church and done with God. And, and that's messy. And so I guess the, the question I have that maybe we have as millennials, okay, so I'm a Christian. I, I've broken up with him or her. Did I fail God? Hmm. I mean, is God mad at me? Should I, should I not date someone unless I intend to marry them? Is purity culture even a godly thing? Yeah, I mean, as you describe that scenario, all I'm thinking of, that's exactly what God intended with relationships, right? <laughs> That's exactly how God designed it. That's exactly the outcome that God, mm. you know, intends, no. right? I mean, we think that in relationships, we, we, we think that it's the other person's fault. I mean, we hear that mm. all the time. You mm-hmm. know, if this person wasn't this way, or, you know, if they only would do this, or if they hadn't have said that, and, and we always, it's always, you know, the other, the other person's mm-hmm. fault. And, when when the result is damage, when you say damage, you know, it's just these are sinful things, right? To have mm-hmm. a, a bitter heart, to have mm-hmm. a non-trusting heart, to have a, a anger, and to have not just the relationship between the two people where they are mad at each other, but it also affects other friend groups. Mm-hmm. See, this 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 is not the 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 root of all of this is is sin, w- wherever it might be. We think, and you know, Paul says this that we. Don't wrestle against people. People are not enemies. You know, we, we are not, we're not enemies. Our, our enemy is Satan and, and, and our flesh, our sinful flesh, or the law of sin in our hearts. And, and this is why um, when we have relational conflict like this, it is really highlighting really our theology and, and, and what we really believe to be true about, about God and, and what he says. One of the marriage books that I've used in marriage, premarital counseling. I love the title. The title is When Sinners Say I Do. <laughs> you see, when you decide to date someone, you are a sinful person. And if you're a Christian, saved by the grace of God. And if they are a Christian, they are a sinful person saved by the grace of God. And they have the law of sin operational in their heart and mind. You have the law of sin operational in your heart and mind. And in Christ, there's a war going on in your heart. It's a war going on in their heart. 
of letting you know the the truth of Christ dwell in them or the Holy Spirit to to continue that recreating one of God's blessings that he has given to us not only created relational but relationships are one of the primary ways God uses to sanctify us and to refine us what do you mean by that God desires for you to be righteous and holy Right, he desires to sanctify mm-hmm. you, for you to become like Christ, to have Christ, you know, the 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 heart of Jesus, the value, the kindness, the grace, the mercy, and to the priorities of Jesus, to to walk as Jesus walked. And so, we, when we first come to to know Jesus as Savior, you know, we, the gospel all of a sudden rings true in our heart. You know, while I was a sinner, Jesus died for me, mm-hmm. and so that truth now I, I realize that I have a sinful heart and now I need Jesus and I enter this relationship with the living God through faith in Jesus. Now a a battle ensues in my heart. Hmm. You see, sin didn't bother me in my life. I could get angry at people. I could even seek revenge on people and feel good about it because Hmm. that's what I deserve and that's what I want. And and they are Hmm. an obstacle to me. But now I've met Jesus. Now um, anger, I get angry but there's a tension in my heart because I know I probably shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Or um, I want to, I want to, I want them to hurt too, like I'm being mm-hmm. hurt. Right. And you battle with that in your heart because you know that that's really not right. I mean, you want to, we should love them, but you, so there's this conflict going on in the heart. One of God's blessings is allowing us to be in relationship with people, and the closer we get to people, the more um, of what's in our heart is revealed. Mm. So, um, you know, I, you know, all my life I've been a super patient person and I thought I was just a really patient person. Then I got married, you know, I would come home and, you know, my wife would say something to me and she didn't, she wouldn't say, Oh, I'm so happy that you're home. I just, you know, I love you as my husband and you're just so wonderful. Mm. And I missed you all day long. (laughs) I walk in the door. She says, how come you're late? I'm like, what? You know, and she's like, I, I, you know, I texted you and I see that you didn't stop at the grocery store and we need this for supper. Mm. Well, now I'm not feeling all warm and fuzzy. Right. Now I'm like, you know, what? I, I'm, I'm these, you know what? It's not anything that she did. It is that my relationship with her mm. pushed buttons in my life that allowed sin in my heart that was dormant to start to bubble up. Mm. You see, it's always, it comes out of the heart. Again, we've talked about mm-hmm. the heart in previous podcasts. Mm-hmm. It comes right. out of the heart. Well, then I had children, right? And <laughs> and it's like, wow. I, I mean, like, I had to realize I am not a patient person. I, 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 I always prided myself on being patient. Mm-hmm. And now I realize that I am not a patient person. Mm-hmm. And if I am patient, it's because of what Christ is doing in me. It's not what Puma is doing in Puma. Mm-hmm. And see... God has used my family to reveal things in my heart. So when a guy and a girl start dating, they're not thinking about God using the person in their life to refine them and Mm. sanctify them. Interesting, yeah. But that is part of God's purpose for relationships. And so relationships aren't bad. They're part of God's design. You know, and so to see a breakup, um, to, to be honest... And, and not say, wow, that person's a bad person, but to, you know, to be honest and have integrity, just what, what, what did that reveal in my own heart? Hmm. What, what, what did, how did God use this situation in my own heart? Yeah. Um, it, so, it sounds like it, for a relationship to work, especially as Christians, 
one, you have to be humble enough to see your own sin and, and gracious enough to let somebody else point it out. Uh, you know, because I've only been married for almost three years, and I 100% agree. When you have to live with someone, all of a sudden you realize how selfish you are. You know, I have my paycheck. I've got my whatever. I want to do this. I want to work out. I want to get this done, the house. But I have to then surrender my wants, money, time to another person. I, I get marriage is a little bit different than dating. Uh, but the idea is that someone else is more is more important than I am, and I have to sacrifice my desires for them. And you can't do that. I mean, relationships don't work if you're selfish. They just don't. Well, we, we, we get in these relationships with each other, and it's the more valuable the relationship is to me, the, the, the more you know, the, the more heightened it gets. Mm-hmm. But we always seem to want to make a priority of focusing on the sin in the other person. That's true. Right? I mean, Jesus in, in Matthew 7, you know, he said, the other person's sin is not your first priority. The first priority is the plank in your own eye. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that the sin in the other person is not something that you can help them with. Mm-hmm. But their sin, like the sin in my wife is not my first priority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sin in my yeah. children is not my first priority. The sin in anyone else's life is not my first priority. I have to always remind myself of that because um, it's very easy. It's very tempting because I, I can see clearly, more clearly, the sin in others. Mm-hmm. Um, the sin in my own heart is very foggy. Mm-hmm. It's very veiled. Yeah, I had a really good uh, professor once tell me, he said, Tori, if you like point out the sin in other people around you, something's wrong with you. <laughs> And it was weird because I was Ari, I was the spiritual director for my hall. And I was like, well, as the leader, I, I feel a little bit responsible. Like, hey, this is wrong. He's like, it's not wrong if it's your job to point it out. It's wrong to enjoy it. He says, if you're quick to see other people's sin, not your own, that's pride. And yeah, I think you're right. In relationships, we're very quick to see the flaws in everyone else. And some people are better at it or better, <laughs> worse at it. Mm, yeah. they're, they're, they're more apt to see sin in other people. But, yeah, it gets very tempting to want to be the victim because you see how they are sitting against you and not how you're sitting against them. Right. Yeah, and we we so, again, um, underestimate the law of sin in our heart. You know, when mm-hmm. Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful and wicked beyond cure, who can understand it? Mm-hmm. You know, sin is enslaving. Uh, sin always does damage. Um, and sin mm-hmm. destroys relationships. I mean, that's what's ultimately sin is about it's really it's relationship destruction mm-hmm. and so when you have a guy and a girl who you know say yeah i want to care about you i want to date you and whatnot and you have this messy breakup and the results are just kind of sin carnage bitterness angry mm-hmm. hurt you know malice you know right. revenge Not and all the this spirit <laughs> right um that's a direct result of sin you know, sin separates relationally. From the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, the consequence of that was the relationship between them and God was broken, and mm-hmm. the relationship between Adam and Eve was, was damaged mm-hmm. and severed. Mm-hmm. And so the, you know, the way you, you remedy that is confession and repentance is where healing comes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and forgiveness of sin is always available to a heart that is truly humble and repentant, always, mm-hmm. no matter what the situation is. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, God always accepts and and um, brings back a repentant heart, always, mm-hmm. always. And so to, to have a, a humble heart in these situations, and, you know, the other person may have really done you, done you bad. I mean, it's possible they could have really, I mean, really mm-hmm. hurt you and sinned against you, and that happens. 
mean that yeah. that yeah. that happens. We we do this to each other in in different degrees all the time. Mm-hmm. But the closer the relationship, the the deeper the wound when when they sin against you. Mm-hmm. And so so some of these are very very real. Um and this is where you know um forgiven sinners forgive sin. Mm-hmm. And so this is why we need to always have the gospel in view. You know, I am a mm-hmm. sinner saved by the grace of God and as I have been forgiven, so I must forgive. Mm. Jesus talked about this all the time. And so to extend that that mercy to the other people, or as, as Peter writes in First Peter 2, 9 and 10, you know, once we had not received mercy, but now we receive mercy, that we need to be um, people that are mercy extenders, showing mm. mercy to mm-hmm. other people. And in no greater place than those relationships that are closest to us. And this is not just between, you know, dating relationships. It's also between, you know, families, you know, Mm -hmm. siblings, parents, children, um, you know, people that work closely with each other. Uh, We need to always be mercy extenders. Yeah, no, I I think that's a great perspective. The gospel has to be primary in the focus. And even how how you view, I mean, like, did I fail? You know, suppose I, I dated three girls. And it ended, maybe not all messy, but they just ended. And I feel like, wow, you know, I was always told a date for marriage and, and I didn't do that. How do I forgive myself? Mm-hmm. Because I think there's a lot of an emotional baggage with that. But then the gospel, right? I mean, if Jesus forgives you, <laughs> and it maybe it wasn't even a sin, I guess, you know, what do you qualify as a sin? Maybe it was wisdom. Maybe it was a toxic relationship. Maybe you should have right. been out of it. But even if it was two good, godly people, you know, I think we put too much credit on ourselves that we put too much pressure on ourselves as if I am responsible for literally every single thing that I do. And if I don't file my plan of success or what I believe this is what God wants, then God's mad at me. Uh, even in college, I had guys come up to me and they were just in tears because they, they did have sex before marriage and they were single and they made mistakes in high school and they got saved and they have all this regret and all this remorse. And they, I don't know, I, I don't want to say were tripped up but they just had so much fear of going into a relationship. Uh, I mean, is that wise? Is that good? I mean, is there a healthy fear? Or, you know, I guess, where do you see the Bible yeah, speak this to is, this? Yeah, so, again, we have expectations, and our expectations need to be tethered to God's Word, tethered to reality, tethered to truth. Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with, with dating for marriage. I think that's a wise perspective. But... When I have an expectation of this is what it's supposed to look like, and this is supposed to how how it's supposed to go, and it doesn't go that way, now I it, it come crashing down because the the greater the expectation, the mm. deeper the hurt when that expectation is unmet, and so we we create these expectations for our life and how things are supposed to look. And this is what our our, our culture and, and media, the Christian mm. culture, mm. and you know romance novels and movies and whatnot have created these expectations that aren't necessarily tethered to God's truth or tethered to reality or how things really Mm -hmm. work to pursue like for a guy to pursue a gal, um, you know, desire to, you know, relate to them to, to date and to marry or to court or whatever. That's a good thing. I think there should be intentionality there. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, God's an intentional God. He's not Mm -hmm. just kind of willy nilly. Um, and I think there should be, um, a desire for what's best for the other person, you know, mm-hmm. to, you know, to date someone and realize that you're not the best person for them and to have, you know, that's really hard to, mm, to yeah. admit, to admit as well. Right. 
um, to admit that. But when we have done things that we know are wrong or sinful, and we have uh, ruined a relationship, uh, again, we have expectations on ourselves that were not met, and we think that God somehow hates me now and has disappointed mm. me. And this is what's so amazing about the gospel. This is why people need to um, wake up every morning and preach the gospel to themselves. Every morning we are sinners saved by the grace of God. It's not about my needs. It's about undeserved grace that God has lavished mm-hmm. upon me. Yeah. Um, he, has, he has graced me to be his child. He has shown mercy to me, not giving me what I deserve. And that is who I am. I am a child of God, growing and maturing. He cannot love us any more or less today regardless of what we do in Christ. Mm. And this is what Romans 8 says. Nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us in Christ. Mm. Nothing. Even myself. (laughs) Even my failures, Mm. even when I have let him down, can't separate the love that he has for me. Mm. You know, a picture of this is Peter, you know, and denying Jesus. Mm. And John 21, Jesus restores him. And I love how Peter says, well, what about John? What about him? And Jesus (laughs) says, yeah, what about him? (laughs) That's right. <laughs> Peter, yeah. I'm talking to you about you. What I do with John, I'll do with John. What I'm doing with you, I'm doing with you. Mm-hmm. I love you both equally. Mm-hmm. Peter, I told you you were my man. I told you, upon, you know, you're going to be foundational for the, the church. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. done with you just because you failed. And yeah. you failed miserably. <laughs> yeah. And it hurt. Mm-hmm. And my grace is greater than any failure that you mm-hmm. could ever do. And so I think we need to keep that in mind when we think about relationships and, and dating and the hurts that we have. And we need to be realistic. We need to tether our thoughts and our expectations, assumptions to God's word, to truth, mm. to the gospel, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Mm. And, you know, um, have a humble heart uh, yeah. to be a forgiving person, um, to extend mercy, and to just rest in the grace mm. of God in my mm-hmm. life. Um, and know that uh, today is not the end. And, yeah. and, and that God designed us to be relational and to pursue relationships is a good, healthy thing. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great word. And it really segues well into next week's episode of how to not just extend grace and mercy and to remember the gospel, but how to move forward, how to process our baggage and trust God in the future. Um, you know, I think sometimes you have to process the past before you can kind of go forward and yeah, the gospel is healing. If God can forgive us from our mistakes, how can we not forgive us? How can we not forgive others? Yeah. No, that's a good word. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at thepumapodcast at gmail.com. We would love to touch base with you guys and hear your questions too. Maybe talk about it here on the show. So yeah, thank you, Puma. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Tori. Yep. And we'll see you next week. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.